the way to reduce your stress is to do more work, to focus on the thing you don't want to focus on even more. And when you do, it becomes easier. You feel better mentally and physically. If I were to boil down the reason why so many people have trouble in the lives of type 1 diabetes, it comes down to one thing. And that one thing is avoidance. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. Do you ever try to avoid the daily hassles of living with type 1 diabetes? I don't mean the big stuff like taking your insulin or going to the doctor, but I mean the little stuff that happens every single day. Things like treating low blood sugar or correcting high blood sugar or taking the time to really count your carbs. I certainly do this all the time. And when I do it, it always comes back to bite me in the rear. I remember several years ago, I was on vacation with my family in Italy and we were having a great time. And one day, we were walking through the streets of the town that we were in, and my blood sugar went low. But I was having such a good time, I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to treat the low and take five minutes out of my day to deal with the thing that was happening for me right now with my diabetes. So I tried to push through it. And for a while, it was working pretty well. But after a while, I got tired. I got sweaty, got shaky. And eventually, I couldn't think straight and I couldn't talk straight. And then, I ended up sitting down and spending the next hour trying to recover from that low. I tried to avoid diabetes so that it got out of my way, so it wouldn't be a hassle and it wouldn't get in the way of our trip. But in the end, it just became a big deal. Trying to avoid diabetes, trying to push the stress out and not deal with little stuff every single day made it a lot harder to deal with in the end. I'm sure you do this too. Whether it's every day or every once in a while, you ignore diabetes. You try to push it away, not think about it, not deal with it. But if you're like most people, this avoidance doesn't work. You, like me, are engaging in what I call the paradox of avoidance. I came up with the term the paradox of avoidance when I was writing my book. In chapter six of the book, I talk all about how you can't handle diabetes if you don't manage it. You have to spend time and focus managing your diabetes in order to be able to handle it. Because if you ignore diabetes and don't manage it, it becomes a lot harder to handle. I know that seems obvious, but as I talk right now, I realize how often I have a hard time engaging with my diabetes all the time. It's hard. It's hard to work to manage it all the time. But I realize that when I don't work to manage my diabetes, it becomes harder for me to handle. And sometimes even I start to believe that I can't handle it. The paradox of avoidance is an idea that you can't handle what you don't manage. And if you don't manage diabetes, it's gonna be hard to handle. You know that, you know that logically, but sometimes you throw that logic out the window. You try to convince yourself that the only way that you're gonna be able to handle the stress of diabetes is by avoiding it. And when you do that, you get trapped in the paradox of avoidance. So what is a paradox? 
The definition of a paradox, a paradox is a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when investigated or explained may prove to be well-founded or true. In this case, the self-contradictory statement is, in order to handle the stress of diabetes, you have to pour yourself into diabetes management. You have to do the work. You have to focus on it. And you can't let up. That sounds absurd because we think that diabetes and the work of diabetes is causing our stress. If that's the case, why on earth would you choose to lean into it? Why would you want to manage diabetes if you don't have to? It wouldn't it be so much easier if you're able to find a way to avoid the stress and have diabetes manage itself? You avoid diabetes with the sincere hope and maybe even the sincere belief that if you avoid it, it'll get easier. But that's just not true. It doesn't work that way. The only way to make diabetes easier is to lean into that management, to work at it, to focus on it, to do the exact opposite of what you want to do and what seems logical. Because when you do that, when you focus on your diabetes and lean into it, it gets easier because you feel better. It becomes more natural. Managing diabetes becomes a habit. And that's where the paradox comes in. The way to reduce your stress is to do more work, to focus on the thing you don't want to focus on even more. And when you do, it becomes easier. You feel better mentally and physically. If I were to boil down the reason why so many people have trouble in their lives with type 1 diabetes, it comes down to one thing. And that one thing is avoidance. When you avoid things that cause you stress, it doesn't give you the opportunity to learn about what reality looks like. I'm going to give you an example that had nothing to do with diabetes. Imagine that after listening to this podcast, you drive to the grocery store and God forbid you get in a car accident. My guess is that immediately after the car accident, your anxiety about driving is probably going to be pretty high. You may not want to get back behind the wheel. When you sit in the driver's seat, your heart may race, your mind may race, and you may start worrying about, can you keep yourself and your family safe while you're driving? Those are all really normal concerns. And it's very common that after a car accident or any other kind of scary event like that, including a low blood sugar, that you're going to step back and try to avoid that scary thing again. But over time, generally speaking, your anxiety will decrease and it'll become easier for you to get back behind the wheel of the car. But what happens if you don't? What happens if you put off driving for a long time? What happens to your anxiety? Does it go up or does it go down? Let's imagine an extreme example and you don't drive for a year, but now you have to drive. Now you're in a spot where you're the only person there that has any experience driving and there's somewhere where you guys have to go. When you get behind the wheel for that first time after a year of not driving, you're probably gonna be very, very anxious because you've allowed the story to build up in your mind about your ability to drive with no evidence to back it up. You have no idea whether or not you can drive safely or not. Only the story that you're telling yourself. And those stories generally are pretty negative. So that avoidance of driving for a year increased your symptoms, increased your challenges, and it made it even worse. What would have happened if you would have gotten back behind the wheel a week later? Sure, it would have been scary, but all of a sudden now you have a lot more context to what was going on. You can see that you can drive safely. You can see that what happened was a random event and not indicative of your ability to drive safely or of anybody else around you. 
you get more evidence that it's possible for you to drive safely. And the more you do it, the easier it gets. Think about the things about diabetes that you avoid. Maybe you avoid going out in public with a CGM that's visible. Maybe you avoid giving yourself an injection or pulling out your pump in public. Maybe you don't tell people that you have diabetes, or you don't tell people when you're low or high, or when you need help. Those are all ways of avoiding. And when you avoid, you make it even more challenging. Imagine that you're dating somebody new, and you didn't tell them that you have diabetes, maybe for three or four months. And now every time you see that person, you have to think about diabetes even more in order to avoid letting them know you have it. If you want to give yourself an injection, you have to go to the bathroom. You have to check your blood sugar in secret. And that just puts a lot more pressure on you. But also, you never have the opportunity to find out what their reaction might be. You have a fear of what the reaction might be. But by avoiding, you never get any evidence to back that fear up or for you to see that it's completely not true and not accurate. You get stuck in the cycle of avoidance. And the cycle of avoidance reinforces the beliefs that you have in your head without regard to any kind of reality in the world. You can see how this is a paradox. You want to be stress-free. Of course you do. But the way you go about trying to become stress-free, trying to reduce your stress, actually just makes your stress even more intense. And who wants that? Now, here's a question for you. Where do you see the paradox of avoidance at work in your life with type 1 diabetes? I want to talk for a minute about two of the biggest challenges that I see people dealing with in my practice and how the paradox of avoidance is pivotal in maintaining these challenges. The first is diabetes burnout, and the second is fear of low blood sugar. Let's start off with diabetes burnout. We have all been there. You just feel burnt out with diabetes. You lose interest in managing diabetes. You want nothing to do with diabetes. And so what do you do? You ignore it. You try not to think about it. All you want is a vacation, and you can't get it. But you slack off. You don't manage diabetes as well as you should. You may not count your carbs. Maybe you skip bolusing. Maybe you're not as physically active as you know you should be in order to have optimal blood sugar management. You feel like you can't do it, and so you don't. But then what happens? Your blood sugar goes high. You feel pretty bad. You have less energy. You have less motivation. And it becomes this endless cycle. You feel like the way to make diabetes burnout go away, or at least to reduce it, is take a break to let your blood sugar do whatever they want to do and not think about diabetes. But this strategy almost always backfires and ends you up in the paradox of avoidance. What happens? When you stop managing your diabetes to the best of your ability, your blood sugars go up. You feel tired. You feel lethargic. You feel thirsty. Diabetes is on your mind more than ever. So what do you do? You double down on the strategy. You say, I just need a break. And so you push back on diabetes even more. And all that does is make the symptoms worse. You feel even worse. You feel more tired. Your blood sugar is higher. And you feel even more burnt out. That's the paradox of avoidance with burnout at work. Yes, you're burnt out, but you want to find a way to integrate diabetes into your life and not have it get in your way. But the way to do that is to manage your blood sugars, is to do the work. Maybe find a different way of doing it. Maybe finding a different mindset in which you do it. But the best way to help you with diabetes burnout is to get your blood sugars in the best shape possible. And the only way to do that is to lean into your management. That's a paradox. I get it. But trust me, it's the only way that I know that works. And I've been doing this a long time. 
Now let's talk about fear of low blood sugar. This may be you. You worry about going low. You feel like if you go low, you'll lose control. And you want to do everything you can not to lose control. So what do you do? You keep your blood sugars higher than is recommended. Maybe you won't go below 200 or 150 or whatever that number is for you. It's also very possible that you avoid activities. You don't do things like exercise or drive long distances or go for hikes or anything that might cause your blood sugar to go low or that would be dangerous if your blood sugar went low and you didn't treat it. And so what happens? You keep your blood sugar high and you don't feel very good. You avoid activities that you really want to do and you feel left out. But you also maintain the belief that the only way you can keep yourself safe is by doing these things, by keeping your blood sugar high, by avoiding activities. And you don't give yourself the opportunity to find out what happens if you go low. You get stuck in the belief that you won't be able to handle it, and you never actually get any evidence about whether you can handle it or not because you're stuck in your head. You get stuck in the paradox of avoidance. What would happen if you allowed your blood sugar to go below 200? What would happen if you allowed yourself to go for a run? It would be scary for sure. I have no doubt your anxiety would be high. However, you give yourself the opportunity to find out what happens, what you can handle, what you can't handle. And by doing that, you allow yourself more freedom and flexibility. My guess is the things you're trying to do to avoid low blood sugar are actually making your fear of low blood sugar even worse. Your strategy is truly backfiring. And that's where the paradox of avoidance becomes a big challenge. Not only does it hold you back, but it makes things even more difficult, more challenging. And let's be honest, type 1 diabetes is challenging enough. We don't need to do anything to make it more challenging than it already is. I don't want you to think this is hopeless, though. It's possible to get out of the paradox of avoidance. And I want to tell you how. There are three steps. The first step is to recognize you're in it and that your avoidance is causing a problem. Your avoidance is making the challenges that you already have even worse because it's maintaining them and not allowing you to see reality for what it is. Step number two is to sit with the discomfort and see what you discover. As you stop avoiding, you're going to feel uncomfortable. I want you to expect that. If you've been avoiding managing diabetes for a long time, if you've been avoiding taking time out of your day to treat lows, if you've been avoiding blood sugars under 200, when you start leaning in and engaging in those behaviors, you're going to feel a little bit weird. You haven't done them in a long time. And you also have stories about them, which have made it even more challenging. And so when you lean in, you're going to feel uncomfortable. So expect that. But notice it. Don't judge yourself. Just notice it and recognize that you have the ability to handle it. Look at your experience with curiosity. See what's going on. See what's actually true. See that you can handle the stress of diabetes, even when you don't want to. Because when you lean in, it becomes easier to handle. And also notice how you feel, both mentally and physically. When you first stop avoiding, your anxiety level will go up. But for most people, that anxiety level will come down very quickly and things will get a whole lot easier. Step number three, lean into life with discomfort. You know it's gonna be messy. You know you may trip and fall, metaphorically, with your diabetes, and that's okay. Of course, you wanna keep yourself safe, 
but you have to push yourself. You have to see what's possible, not only for what you can do, but what you have the ability to experience, what you can deal with. Expect it to be messy. It will be, and that's okay. But by not avoiding, by moving out of the pattern of avoidance, that mess will soon become more tolerable. And then you have the ability to clean it up. I want to leave today with a short metaphor that I like to use. Imagine that you have a two-liter bottle of soda in your hand, and you shake it up really hard, and now it's getting really carbonated inside. And then you open the bottle of soda, and it starts to squirt out, and it becomes really messy. And so your immediate reaction is what? My immediate reaction when that happens is to screw the top back on and put it away. But that doesn't really help matters much. That's just pushing off the inevitable. Because eventually, when I want some more soda, I'm going to open it up again, and the same thing will happen. But what happens when I open it up and allow it to do whatever it's going to do? Yes, it'll be messy. But very soon after that, the fizz will die down. And then I have the ability to wipe up the mess, wash my hands, and pour myself a glass of soda. But if I keep putting off doing that, avoiding it, all it's doing is building up. And it's going to become more challenging to do it, both in reality, but also in my mind. So what I want to encourage you to do with diabetes is to unscrew the cap on the soda bottle, allow it to get messy, but then see how quickly that mess dies down and how life with diabetes becomes so much less stressful for you, all because you recognize and reshape your behavior with the paradox of avoidance. So just a quick recap on the strategies. Step number one, recognize you're in the middle of the paradox of avoidance and that your avoidance is causing the problem. Step number two, sit with the discomfort and see what you discover. Step number three, which is key to getting out of the paradox of avoidance, is to lean into the discomfort. Expect it to be messy. Expect nothing less, but also recognize and be confident that you can handle the mess and that that mess is going to make life a whole lot easier for you. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. And also, share this episode with a friend. Text them or email them the link to this episode and tell them how much it can help them as well. That helps me get the word out about this podcast so that other people with type 1 diabetes can benefit from it. I always love hearing from my listeners. So please send me an email at mark at or DM me on Instagram. And be sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes is not easy, but you can have an easier time with it. And I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Podcast.